0: Welcome to Night School, the podcast where I bring on experts in the fields of science, history, and all corners of academia to dissect the genre films we love, to uncover what the movies got right, what they got wrong, and where the truth is sometimes stranger than fiction. I am your host, Graham Skipper. I'm a horror filmmaker and actor, but most importantly, I am a horror fan. And I'm also a big old nerd when it comes to anything having to do with science, history, and any in-depth study of the unique and bizarre. So with this podcast, I wanted to combine those loves and have on some folks that are way smarter than I am to talk about the truth behind horror movie logic. And for today's show, we will be talking about one of horror's most unkillable killers and talking to an ER doctor about how their many injuries over the course of their franchise would have actually affected a human body. Yes, today we are talking about the biology of Halloween's Michael Myers with my friend Dr. J. Mac Slaughter. J. Mac, welcome thanks for having me man thank you so much for being a part of this Uh, this is very exciting Uh, I have spent the morning going through all of the Halloween films and uh, notating
1: every moment when poor Michael Myers gets uh gets maimed in some way (laughs) poor michael myers hold on hold on poor michael myers isn't he brutally murdering and maiming multiple people throughout the course of his life
0: well he is and i guess it depends on which uh part of the franchise you you subscribe to but uh there there is evidence that he is possessed by an ancient evil druid cult so it might not all be his fault Um, (laughs) okay all right (laughs) got the guy some slack uh so so j mac tell people a little bit about like your expertise you're an er doctor uh, an, an, an attending physician um, right, you know, right, how right. long have you been practicing like what's your what, what is your your uh, passion with medicine? Tell us a little bit about that.
1: I'm an emergency medicine attending physician. Um, I've been out of med school for about eight years. I did three years of emergency medicine residency training at the highest volume emergency department in the country, Parkland Hospital System there uh, in Dallas, falls under the umbrella of the medical school, UT Southwestern, and we saw the craziest of the crazy stuff on a very regular basis there. Car accidents, shootings, stabbings, etc. Now I'm in a little bit more more tame setting um working in the community not one of those like really uh you know like a level one trauma center uh like I was at previously but we still see some crazy stuff all the time actually last week I had a guy come in and he was like yeah I was just sitting there and somebody punched me and he had a huge saboon to his neck and I was like I don't think that was a fist bro wow wow yeah you must see some crazy shit Yes, I do. And I love it, man. I honestly love it. The emergency room to me is almost like a slot machine addictiveness mechanic, that random reinforcement where you're just sitting there and you're like, oh, it's another toe pain. Oh, it's another cough. Oh, it's another chest pain. What the heck is that? You know, and whenever you have that moment where you're like, this is crazy, this is awesome. You just reinforce why you went there that day. And uh, I never want to retire. What
0: what is the Uh, Like, like just the craziest, most unexpected, insane thing that you've ever seen walk into your hospital
1: well this one didn't walk in but you know we we describe and define traumas based on like what hit what you know you'll have like motor vehicle versus bicyclist or motor vehicle versus motor vehicle or motor vehicle versus pedestrian this was train versus pedestrian he had a traumatic amputation of one arm tattoos all over his body they they brought him in just like barely clinging on to life and we had to in order to resuscitate him Um, You know, we would classify this as a a blunt traumatic arrest, which the the chances of surviving when something just whacks you at real high speed, like a train, and then your heart stops, the chances of surviving are extremely, extremely low. So you basically undergo some heroic efforts um, to try to bring him back, including, you know, you can die very uh, quickly, but also reversibly by, um, you know, if you have a popped lung. Or there's a lot of blood compressing your lung down to where you you can't breathe anymore. It'll also compress the blood vessels that go back to your heart. So the way to fix that is you cut into their chest and you pop a hole in that evacuates the air or the blood. And they can come back to life at that point. And this guy was, um, he died like basically right in front of us. There's no time to get the equipment we needed. So I just cut down into his chest and use my finger you know gloved fortunately to pop through his chest wall. Talk about horror movies I was like I felt like the the murder suspect <laughs> I'm like pushing my, <laughs> oh my finger God. through this guy's chest to evacuate air and blood and uh man we did absolutely everything we could for that guy we didn't bring him back but that was just one of the nastiest one. I mean no arm coming in and oh as God. close to death as you could be and that's that takes the cake for me it's that's
0: I mean, that's just wild that I can't even <laughs> begin to fathom. You know, I, I uh, my my mentor, the great late Stuart Gordon, uh, you know he he directed all these legendary horror films and and at one point held the record for the most amount of blood used in a film ever and uh and he by his own admission was the most squeamish person that i've ever met around wow. actual blood you know he wow. could he could see all this crazy stuff happening but then in real life he was like oh no way um you know and and you know and it also makes me think too of like of like how how Tom Savini the great special effects makeup artist uh you know, he he his inspiration came from being a, a wartime photographer in Vietnam mm. and actually seeing all these things mm. happen in person and trying to figure out like how do I recreate this? You know, and that's why he was so revolutionary in in what he was doing because he was recreating this actual stuff. That I mean, I'm sure you know if you see somebody
1: coming in without an arm, I mean that it, uh, on some level I'm sure it must look like fake. Yes, it does. It does. Yeah. Your brain has a has trouble comprehending the true nature of the experience when you're when you're actually there in the emergency room in that moment. And that's why I'm really glad that I'm taking a very intellectual approach, much like you probably do when you watch horror movies. You're trying to figure out, like, how are they executing the executing? How are they executing (laughs) this so well in this horror movie? What what are the technical aspects behind what makes this look so real that's kind of what i'm thinking when somebody comes in and it's a it's a horrible unfathomable injury i'm i'm in my brain thinking what what is going to kill this person the the fastest and how can i reverse that yeah wow well well uh thank you for all of your various heroic efforts (laughs) saving (laughs) actually
0: saving lives uh you know i i uh I was sitting there this morning, watching through these movies, and and just thinking like, oh, I'm really enjoying this, and and what a what a great job to have, and then going, oh, and J Max going to go actually save some lives today. (laughs) Um, So uh, anyway, thank you so much for being here. (laughs) Um, So thanks thanks for being here, and uh, you know, so what we're going to talk about today, uh, because I wanted to bring you on, and I wanted to talk about. Uh, the the actual likelihood of of, uh, of of Michael Myers surviving, or you know, kind of what's going on in his body when these things right. happen. And I was thinking through the different you know famous franchises. Of course, there's like Nightmare on Elm Street. There's Friday the Thirteenth, and like like in Friday the Thirteenth, the bulk of that franchise, Jason's a, a zombie. He's legitimately a zombie. He's raised from the dead through a lightning strike. I was like, okay, mm. well, that's not really you know, very uh, plausible. And same with, like, Nightmare on Elm Street. I mean, the guy's a dream demon, uh, and I'm sure you don't see many dream demons walking through
1: your hospital not, doors. Not <laughs> yet, but we were talking about how random everything is in the ER. I wouldn't put it past yeah, my Yeah, you never experience. know. Um, so, but with Halloween, what I kind of love about
0: Halloween is that Michael Myers is essentially just a, a person, you know, mm-hmm. and, and there's some discussion in the movies about whether or not he's got he's sort of possessed by this evil spirit, you know, or is there something supernatural going on. But I think for the purposes of today, so so what we're gonna talk about, we're going to talk about um the many uh wounds that Michael Myers suffers uh throughout Halloween uh one through six. So of course uh fans of the series will know we're really talking about Halloween one, two, four, five, six, because three uh goes a little bit away from the uh, uh, from, from the chronology there. Um, and, and also one through six is the, the original chronology narratively of Michael Myers. This is where we can track how long he's had between, uh, between injuries, between, uh, you know, uh, near death experiences, as opposed to the other ones where then we start going into sort of different chronologies and that gets all weird. Uh, plus we have a limited amount of time and good Lord, there's something like (laughs) 11, 12, uh, you know, films here that we could talk about. Right. So we're talking about Halloween 1 through 6. And I also wanted to say, I think for the purposes of this little discussion, I'm going to just assume that Michael Myers is a guy in peak physical condition. All right? So when we're talking about what this does to a human body, I mean, Michael Myers, you know, he's, uh, uh, I I think, in the first movie, he's something, he's supposed to be like 26 or 27, um, something like that. And I, uh, uh, you know, and, and, and let's just assume for the sake of argument that he is... Uh, absolutely top physical shape.
1: He's not like going to dialysis three times yeah. a week, and <laughs> yeah. you know, meeting with his cardiologist on Tuesdays. Yeah, no,
0: he is. <laughs> he is. Uh, he's in really good shape. And I mean, good lord! Like in Halloween H two O, the guy does a a, a one armed pull up and holds it for like a long time, like long enough for somebody to slowly walk down a hallway so that he can then lower himself down (laughs) behind them.
1: So, I mean, this guy's strong, right? (laughs) He's he's in good shape, uh, especially for being locked up. Which favors the the demonic possession to be able to do stuff like that, you know? (laughs) Yes, yes. And not be built like Schwarzenegger.
0: (laughs) So, um, so yeah. So I guess let's just jump right into it. Um, And what I'll do is I'll just sort of describe kind of the things that happen. And then I'd love for you to talk about what that means. What would you do for somebody that walks into your ER with that? That sound good? Sounds great. All right. So in uh, the original Halloween, John Carpenter's 1978 classic, um, Michael Myers goes through most of the film unscathed until, of course, he meets up with Lori Strode. Uh, and the first thing that she does to him is she stabs him in the neck with a knitting needle. She has quite a long knitting needle. And I would say it goes about a half inch in. And He sort of staggers back, and he pulls it out, and looks at it, and then he faints. He drops to the ground, and he's out mm. for a little while. Um, what would that do to somebody? Would that like kill someone? You know, are you are you okay <laughs> if you get stabbed with a knitting needle?
1: Well, that's a very dense area, real estate wise. You have some very important blood fl- blood vessels going through there, namely the carotid artery, right. Um, and then you also have some big, important veins going through that area. you got some really important nerves as well. Um, so uh, you said it goes in about a half an inch. Is that correct?
0: Uh, something, not not super far, but yeah, it's just okay. a little bit.
1: If it goes in about a half an inch, I mean, there, it all depends on what it hits, where it goes in that real estate it's, area. It, I will say it's right 3D, in the side of the neck. It's right over right in the, the side, side of, of the neck. neck. Yeah. I mean, it's totally plausible that, I mean, clearly it didn't hit his carotid, her, his carotid artery or else the, the whole series would just be over at that point (laughs) because his neck would balloon out it would just it would create a hematoma or this huge like blood ball basically that would keep expanding 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 until either he bled out or it completely compressed his trachea and when you can't breathe in you know that it's only a matter of time before your brain doesn't get enough oxygen and, and you die so what likely happened knowing that the series didn't stop it in that one moment is that it missed all of the important architecture in that area got lodged just in the muscular tissue right there. You do have a big um, a muscle there called the sternocleidomastoid muscle. Um, and, uh, and, and likely, you know, that guy got hit, but that's not really going to te- affect your mobility or strength very much. Um, the, the big, the big um, folly that, that he made was pulling it out, though. Anytime you get stabbed by anything. While we talk about this, let's also talk about how to survive actual injuries in real life. If you ever get stabbed anywhere and the instrument is still in your body, just don't even touch it. Because you can imagine if that was in an important structure like one of the big veins, um, the chances that it will clot off around that. Uh, are are much higher if it just kind of stays in place, if you just don't touch it, right? Um, And then you do eventually want to get the knitting needle out of your neck so you don't live the rest of your life with it there, but you want to do that in a very controlled environment, a.k.a. the operating room. So, and and would this have made, uh, would it make somebody faint, you know? Is that, what would cause him to faint after this? The thing, you know, because obviously it didn't hit um, one of the most important structures there in his neck, knowing that, working off of that information, he would have fainted by a mechanism known as a vago vasovagal uh, syncope event. And basically that's when you get um, essentially mixed signals between uh, kind of your heart rate and your blood pressure and the blood pressure drops momentarily. you don't get enough blood flow to your brain. your brain's like, let's just give this a minute to fix itself and then' we'll go. you go out, you'll wake up anywhere from a couple of seconds to a couple minutes later, and you'll be good to go. Okay, well, that seems
0: to happen a lot to Michael Myers throughout this franchise. By the way, <laughs> seems to be sort of his superpower. Um, so, so he's out. He, he he's out for probably I don't know. I'd say four or five minutes, long enough for okay. Laurie to uh, pick up his knife, drop it next to him, and then walk away. Um, <laughs> which is maybe not the smartest thing to do. But when when he next encounters Laurie, he has found her now hiding in a closet. And he is going after her, and what she ends up doing is uh, she she un- unravels a wire coat hanger and then mm. stabs him in the left eye
1: with the oh. wire coat hanger. Oh yeah. Okay. So if he can ever see again after this, you know, particular movie, um, I- I'm going to call BS on the medical accuracy of this series, because once you get stabbed in the eye, I mean, there's there's not much you can do to really bring that. If it's a true stab, if it's not just like a little superficial scratch, that would be a corneal abrasion or an ulceration. But if you see that sucker penetrate the globe, uh, the likelihood that, that he will ever be able to see out of that eye again is, is pretty dang low, especially if it's a very violent action. Like <laughs> I, mean, like. I mean, a, a wire coat hanger going into the eye
0: seems pretty violent to me. I. <laughs> I, uh, you know, I I will say it's not very close up in the film when it happens. So I suppose it's possible that maybe it sort of, you know, hit the, side of the
1: eye hole in his mask or something yes. i don't know you now, know if that's if that's possible that is um you know not only very very survivable um but wouldn't even do any long-term damage really like maybe you'd have some issues with being able to look around because the, the muscles of your eye kind of are in that region but if it if it just grazed the globe itself the eyeball itself and it went up into the eye socket very very survivable Um, and, and if it's more, um, damage to the upper portion of the socket itself and not the lower socket, potentially wouldn't even mess with your vision long-term. Interesting. Interesting. Now what's also kind of crazy, um, just as like a medical tangent is that if you do end up kind of having an open globe injury, that is something like penetrates your eye, your body then gets exposed to the contents on the inside of your eye for the first time in your life, you can develop antibodies to that. And the other eye can end up have going blind, essentially, through an autoimmune response. Your body attacks itself. It's kind of crazy. Wow. So your body thinks, it's like, oh, this is something new. I've never encountered this. Yeah. It must be bad.
0: I'm going to yes. kill it. I'm and then it goes it. after the other eye? Then
1: it goes after the other eye, too. Yeah. That's
0: wild. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Well, okay. Well, you know, I... I I I guess we have to assume that that doesn't happen because Michael Myers continues, at least until part two, uh, continues to be able to see something happens to him in part two that uh, um, I'm going to say probably is going to completely eliminate the medical accuracy of everything once we get to it. (laughs) Um, But, you know, so so he doesn't, you know, when he gets hit with a wire hanger, he kind of stumbles back and he clutches his eye and then Laurie immediately then stabs him in the stomach with a butcher knife. Oh, and he and he goes back, ah, and then he faints. He passes
1: out. <laughs> so, so, so I am assuming getting stabbed in the stomach with a butcher knife is bad. Um, it's been a little while since I've seen uh, Halloween one. Does he let out a ah? As he goes down, <laughs> he he makes no sound. Makes oh, no sound okay, at all. okay. I was just curious. I'm just trying to visualize the whole scenario. <laughs> um, so yes, uh, getting stabbed in the stomach uh is uh is medically unfavorable. Um, but that's also one of those injuries to where it all depends on what you hit, how deep you go. Do you hit the intestines? If so, you're going to have some big problems a couple days down the road if you don't have some serious injury to the blood vessels themselves because, you know, um, violating the intestines and allowing fecal matter To come out of the intestines inside the abdominal cavity leads to terrible, terrible infections that are very, very difficult to treat, especially if you're Michael Myers and you never go to the doctor. So (laughs) that injury, um, depending on where he gets hit, again, if it's in the blood vessels themselves, if it hits the aorta or the large um, artery there in the abdomen, you could bleed out within um, seconds to minutes, really. Um, if it's blood vessels, you could bleed out within, you know, uh, hours, really minutes to hours. Um, and if it hits your intestines, that's, you know, about a two, three, four, five day, um, course to, to hell. That's, that, you know, it seems like between this and the eye thing that you just said,
0: uh, that the body is sort of like, you need to keep, it's like you have a TV tray with all of your food in the different like compartments and you absolutely cannot mix them together
1: or else no bad things and happen matching. yes yeah. you need to be very ocd about how you like you know utilize one part at one time you don't mix and match those foods don't mix. Uh, but i mag- will say mag- though uh, what'd you say i was gonna say don't mix the mashed potatoes and the peas Is what? You're yeah saying. do not mix your mashed potatoes and your peas ever yeah that's the first thing they teach you in medical school um but you know just just like the stab wound to the neck all depends on what you hit can you get stabbed to the abdomen and have zero consequences long term absolutely even without medical attention Okay, so we're still
0: he's still alive. He can still survive this. Potentially. He can still he can still be, you know, he I mean he passes out again, so he takes a second to regroup, I guess. You know, he's probably right. out for um for a couple minutes at this point. He's down before he of course sits back up. By the way, I have to say he sits back up um without using his arms at all. It's just a straight
1: Straight (laughs) sit up, (laughs) so he's he's got some serious abdominals going. Um, Yeah, and clearly she didn't stab him through his abdominal musculature because that would be extremely difficult and asymmetric too. He would go up more on one side than the other if his uh if his nope abdominal (laughs) muscles are just cut in half on one side.
0: (laughs) This dude, I mean, I don't know what he was doing in Smith Grove Sanitarium all those years, but he must have been working out nonstop all the time. Um, so now after this, he encounters his. Really serious situation um, where, unfortunately, Michael is shot six times in the chest at close range, and then he falls off of a second story balcony.
1: Oh, my gosh. Now, how's, how's this looking for somebody coming into your ER? I mean, it's looking pretty bleak because not only, I mean, you talk about um, an area with very important real estate uh, in your chest, stab wounds, gunshots, penetrating injuries to your chest. The likelihood that you're going to, it all depends on where he's getting shot. You know, if he's getting grazed off to the side, like under his armpit, I'm a little less worried about that than I am anywhere, you know, near the box, right? In the center uh-huh. of the chest. Obviously, you have your heart there. You have the biggest blood vessels in your body uh, running to and from your heart, whether they're arteries or they're veins. You're having the um, the potential to, when we talked about this earlier, have, you know, blood or air um, enter the uh, thoracic cavity compressing your lungs to where you you know you can't inflate and and get that oxygen and also if you get enough compression there again it even if you don't actually hit if this guy is extremely lucky and none of his blood vessels or his heart actually gets hit by these bullets um the uh blood vessels leading back to the heart will get compressed by the sheer pressure of that blood and or air inside the thoracic cavity so the likelihood of surviving six gunshot wounds to the chest especially without immediate medical attention is extremely low and then he falls off a building and, and then he falls off a balcony <laughs> lands on his
0: back and he's down for probably it's long enough it's long enough for donald pleasance to turn around and say yes in fact it was the boogeyman and then he turns around and he's gone
1: oh my gosh okay. he's okay. and then and he's from gone. the fall itself I'm, I'm obviously I'm worried about his his spine itself. so the spinal cord is supposed to be protected by you know the spinal column, the the, the vertebrae there. but when you take a huge fall like that, the thing that's supposed to protect it actually becomes its worst enemy and in uh, your spinal cord itself can get compressed by you know shattered bits of bone there and or uh, the discs or the kind of shock absorbers in between your vertebrae in your back. So not only are we talking about things, Um, that will hurt a lot. And we're also (laughs) talking about things that can paralyze you for the rest of your life, which clearly he is not paralyzed in Halloween 2 through 6 through 1 million. (laughs) (laughs) Now, now here's a question. He falls and he
0: lands flat on his back. Is there Mm. a a better, you know, and it's off of like, you know, it's a regular two-story house. It's off of a balcony. Is there sort of a better way to fall? Is it better to fall flat on your back or better to fall like
1: down on your legs or like what's the... Man, that's a really great question, actually. Um, I'm shooting at the cuff here. I'm not basing this off of medical literature, but I would actually think that it would be better to fall uh, directly onto your legs because then some of that force goes into your legs which are a little bit more disposable i'd say than your spinal sure. cord itself because you know what, again once you um severely injure your spinal cord that's that's the rest of your life you can't walk if you injure the bones of your legs and that takes some of the impact those are all potentially um you know uh, temporary injuries so okay, so it's not looking very good
0: for old Mike Myers right Still now. It's not looking great. Um, it's not looking very good. But is there in in again, we're assuming the best case scenario, every bullet's missed, every single thing, you know, he he's a clearly super strong, he's very fit, you know, maybe he fell in just the right way. Is there a world, a scenario at all, where he's able to, with like adrenaline pumping through his body, get up and walk away from
1: this? Yes, but the the thought that when even just discussing Halloween one, I'm now thinking through to Halloween two through six to however many they make in the future, and I'm like, this guy is gonna have so much chronic pain, he's not (laughs) gonna want to even think about like hurting anybody else. He's just gonna be thinking about like how he can get. More opioids. He's like, "How can I go to the ER and beg for more narcotics?" That's the rest of this guy's life. He's but, not going to keep chasing people.
0: Well, but you know, the drive to murder, J. Mac, can be a very strong, uh, very strong yes. salve. I think. Um, well, well, salve. you'll be, ha- you know, you'll be happy to know that in Halloween Two, uh, he goes to the hospital. Now he doesn't go there as a patient, but he goes there uh, to chase down Laurie Strode because so she's good. in the hospital. Um, uh, now. The, the this movie, Halloween 2, happens immediately after Halloween 1. It's the same night, okay? Mm. So maybe an hour has passed. I don't know what he's done. I don't know if he went off and chugged a bottle of aspirin and he's good to go again. We don't know. Um, <laughs> don't do that, by the way. Don't chug a bottle of aspirin. <laughs> <laughs> don't do that. Yes, don't do, don't do that. that. <laughs> um, uh, but it, unfortunately, um, sort of the very first thing, not the first thing, but the first uh, injury that he uh, has in this film is is
1: he shot five times in the chest again again oh my gosh again yeah same um, same mechanism of action same same concern for injuries um in that thoracic cavity there but the good news is, is that is he's already in the right place to get treated for it which of course he does right uh, uh, unfortunately no he does not no oh, he, he, michael come no, on no a, a cop a cop goes
0: and tries to uh, check his pulse um, and he says, "I don't think he's breathing." And then Michael sits up and slits his throat. Um, <laughs> so he's not—he's not willing to get help. Um, uh, Does he breathe? Um, well, so Doctor Loomis says he's breathing. Cop goes and says, "Oh, I don't think he's breathing." And then he gets up. So it's a little oh, okay. Unclear. Well, I
1: trust the doctor in this
0: scenario. The doctor <laughs> says he's breathing. Let's go with that. Yeah. Um, now, now here's a, a little side note question. Um, shortly after this, uh, Michael stabs. Dr. Loomis with a scalpel, uh, seemingly hmm. like in the stomach, um, but it's only like the blade of the scap- scalpel, just a very s- short amount. Um, and
1: Loomis immediately passes out from it. Um, right. is, is that is how, how bad is an injury like that? Like I wouldn't go around doing it to people that I cared about, um, but it depends honestly on how much fat tissue you have, on how much adipose tissue is there. Adipose tissue can be very protective, in circumstances where you have a very small um, penetrating injury so if you're just going through the fat layer no big deal Um, if it's a very very uh, short um, you know uh, piercing instrument to begin with even in somebody that's thin it's possible that you don't even get through the abdominal wall musculature and violate uh, the what's called the peritoneal cavity, or kind of the the big empty space around the intestine. So if you just go through that that muscular layer right there, no problems. Like you, you might hit a little bleeder or something like that, but it's not really a big deal. You can just hold pressure to it and uh, and totally survive that. Okay, so I guess it's good that Dr. Loomis uh, is a bit of a portly man. Um, <laughs>
0: uh, sort of worked He's out. He's pleasantly plump. Worked out well for him. Um, now, unfortunately, uh, J. Mac. This next thing that happens to Michael, I'm going to assume is probably not going to turn out well for him at the long run. Um, he's shot twice, one in each eye.
1: Oh, come on now. Yeah. And then and and then he goes on to be able to see in the other movies. Well well, so he's able to see in the other movies. He he in this one, he's clearly blind and he the whole thing is he's then slashing the air, he can't see anything. Oh so, my gosh. Well, so here's the thing. I mean, it's one thing getting stabbed with, like, a coat hanger toward the eye and, like, maybe you can miss the globe. But when you're getting shot in the eye, not only am I extremely concerned that he then has an open globe, like we were talking about, where the eye itself is penetrated and, you know, the chances of actually being able to see again are extremely low after something like that, but it happens with the gun so you not only have that penetrating injury you also have the force whenever whenever bullets are moving through human tissue you're not only hurting the things that you're hitting you're hurting the structures around it cuz there's a, a force wave that goes around it same thing when he was getting hit um you know in his chest wall through various times <laughs> in the series already as you worry about the tissue around it you just imagine like when you're in a pool and you're younger and there's like a, a little toy that's like floating in front of you and you go to punch it and you actually don't even connect with it because it like gets pushed to the side by the the force of the water pushing forward that exact same mechanism happens inside the body but much more violently especially with a very high velocity weapon so it depends on what he's getting shot with but you know not only are you going to have that penetrating injury to the globe is going to keep going is going to go into his brain break his orbital socket Um, do terrible damage directly to the brain itself. Those shock waves are gonna do damage to the brain, and he's probably gonna bleed into his brain. It's gonna compress his brain. The, The brain, because it's in, you know, a solid casing there of the skull, has nowhere to go. So when there's bleeding in the brain, that skull gets pushed down through this tiny little hole, the size of a silver dollar or smaller, maybe more like a quarter, and the whole brain gets shoved in through that, and, and you can only imagine just like putting Jello through the a hole the size of, of, oh. of a quarter. It's never going to look the same.
0: Yeah, it's not. You're good. pretty much done after that. No, I mean, is there any way because you know you you hear occasionally of these people that like get shot in the head and survive. I mean, is there a way to survive that and still be like
1: functional? Yes, the answer is yes. I actually had a guy come in, um, he went to the waiting room and we had very new staff working up front and we saw that somebody had checked in with gunshot to the head. And usually when it's something really serious, we hear a call overhead, nurse to triage, nurse to triage. That means get up here because somebody is super sick or there's something very concerning. And you'd think, you would think that gunshot to the head would be concerning enough to mention it to somebody who's medically trained, you know, not discounting the skills of the people up front, but most of them are there for kind of, you know, like administrative clerical reasons. And uh, and this particular person was just very new and just like, oh, he's gunshot wound to the head, puts it in the computer, just ignores it. And this guy is sitting there. He had shot himself in the head, but he had shot himself in the head the night before. Wow. It was a very small bullet. It was like a little twenty-two and um and made it to the next morning had a little bit of a headache and decided he would tell his friend about it and the friend was like you should go to the hospital yeah <laughs> oh my god but that's the guy I mean, survived and he, he did survived. well with it wow yeah.
0: that's 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 <laughs> wild to me that's just wild uh wow i well okay so you know you know maybe uh m- maybe this was a 22 it's it seems like a small pistol that yeah. Lori's using to shoot him maybe something happened where he's, you know, he's clearly blinded. He can't see in the movie. Um, unfortunately, immediately after this, uh, they film the room with oxygen gas, and then ignite it, and it blows up. And Michael walks out fully engulfed in flame before he finally falls, and and presumably is dead. We find out, of course, he's not dead, but um, I. I You know, knowing that he survives into the next thing, I mean, being in the middle of a room with a a gas explosion seems like it's just not likely that you're going to make it through that.
1: I mean, it's possible, again, unlikely, because not only are you, do you have these severe burns to your entire body, especially if, if he continued to be aflame for multiple minutes after this explosion, not only, you know, have you burned off your epidermis or the outer layer of your skin, which is the great protector for, one, preventing, you know, infections from all sorts of bacteria that already is kind of living around us at all times, but also keeps your your fluids trapped inside your body. We're not amphibians, right? And, uh, and you would just slowly evaporate all the fluid from inside your body or significant amount of it. You'd get extremely dehydrated. Your kidneys would shut down. Your potassium levels would go up. They'd go up so high that your heart would eventually go into an arrhythmia and stop. And that's just from the burns alone. The explosion itself could have thrown him up against the wall. I don't know if we saw the actual explosion. We we don't see
0: it. All we see is huge boom and that whole like side of the hospital oh, is same
1: thing though gone. i mean you know he's, he's i'm worried about a spinal cord injury i'm worried he whacked his head and he has bleeding in his brain leading to a brain herniation or something like that the act of inhaling all of that smoke itself can cause significant damage to the inner lining of your respiratory tree um and uh, and and you can get to the point where you, you essentially it, it swells and swells and swells and your airway gets cut off. No oxygen goes into your bloodstream. No oxygen gets to your brain, and and you die. So he makes it to the next one. I'm assuming, he, he though. Sure, he sure does. Now here's the thing, though. Um, in the next one, which is
0: Halloween four, what we learn, and this is a question for you, we learned that he has been in a coma for ten years. Okay? Oh, okay, all right. He's been in a coma for 10 years. Well, good. And then he suddenly wakes up and he's able to see. He's able to, you know, go about and do all of this stuff. Now, is is the healing power of a decade-long coma powerful enough to help him like
1: this? Uh, if If he is in a hospital and he's getting treated in the intensive care unit, uh, for a significant amount of that time. I mean, I guess if he's in a coma for 10 years, he was, he was in an ICU or he was in like a skilled rehab facility where they can take care of somebody that has a breathing tube down their throat. Cause you can't be in a coma um, and, and essentially like protect your own airway. And so, yeah, if he was intubated for 10 years, they could have done enough procedures on him um, to do skin grafts, um, to make sure that he doesn't get Uh, Those terrible infections, like I was talking about, give him enough fluid to kind of replace what was evaporating from not having skin, basically, (laughs) over (laughs) the majority of his body. So could he survive? Absolutely. Would he look horrendous yeah yeah he would but i guess well, he has I mean, a mask he's covered- on and he has this big jumpsuit and yeah
0: i mean he's, he has a mask on and you know he's covered in scars you can see on his hand he's got scars everywhere and stuff so you, you
1: does know, it look I, like burn scars though or does it look like he got stabbed you know what i mean i, I would Where's say it looks like burn there? scars i would say okay. it looks like burn scars yeah it's it's pretty gnarly you know he looks mm. he's clearly been through been through
0: some stuff Um, you know, I, I, I unfortunately, you know, as, as smart as the medical staff must have been to heal him over these 10 years, they then decide to transfer him on the night before Halloween, um, on the 10 year anniversary of all this going down, um, and that's just really bad timing. Uh, I, I don't know who (laughs) decided to, to do that. Um, you know, he, uh, uh, he, he, he wakes up while he's being transferred, um, and uh, then of course goes on a killing spree. He somehow knows where his uh where his niece lives. Uh, he goes after her. Um he's going after her. And uh the you know, the first few things that happen Is, to him. Is are...
1: Google invented at this point? Is he just Googling to find <laughs> No, her? he's he's not. So he just Facebook? knows. She's
0: not. She's <laughs> not, sadly. Um yeah, so the the first thing that happens to him, not too bad, he just gets hit in the head with the butt of a shotgun. Okay. So he just All smacks right. him with a shotgun, butt of a shotgun. And and I assume that if he's being able to survive all this other stuff, That that's probably not the worst thing that yeah, could happen
1: Yeah, easy, peasy. We can survive that as long as there's no bleeding in the brain. He might have a mild concussion. He might be a little irritable. You know, he's he cer- might have a short irritable. attention
0: span. <laughs> he's certainly <laughs> irritable. You know, he as soon as he gets hit with the butt of the shotgun, he then gets punched once in the face. Again, survivable. Not horrible. And he's got a mask yeah. on. Um, yeah. <laughs> and then the funniest thing to me that happens very closely after that. Is he's he's got his, his young niece who's she's like probably ten years old in this movie, and he's got her by the leg, and then somebody comes up and sprays him in the face with a fire extinguisher. And that somehow is oh. enough to get him to let go. How, I how mean, bad wait, oh, is that? Oh a
1: fire okay, okay, fire extinguisher. For some I for a second I was thinking fire hose. I was like, oh my gosh, no. that's a horrible <laughs> injury, actually. <laughs> no, no, oh. just a fire extinguisher. I mean, how how bad is that? Like close well. range, right in the face. Um, you know, I, I would be concerned, uh, it, you know, it, if he has his eyes closed, it's uh, very possible that he doesn't get any ocular injuries, which already we're very concerned about his ability <laughs> to see after all <laughs> the things that's already happened to him. The thing that I would be most worried about is an inhalation injury, um, the chemicals from that fire extinguisher uh, essentially going into his lungs uh, and making it uh, more difficult for him to oxygenate and also um, get uh, breathe out carbon dioxide known as ventilation could could cause some serious problems but also you know if he covered his eyes and kept his mouth really closed then uh, yeah it's, it, I, you can get through this without very serious injuries at all actually
0: okay okay um now of course soon after this he uh is holding on to the roof of a car while um people are trying to to drive and and knock him off the car he makes the strange decision to smash his own head into the windshield which (laughs) breaks the windshield like that's how he decides to kind
1: of go after them okay um i assume that's probably not advisable not advisable. Next time you are on the roof of a car, I would politely ask the driver to pull over and decelerate. Uh, I believe that that's the move that and the takeaway that, that we all need from this. Well, um, well per- perhaps in his way he asked because immediately after this, um,
0: the driver decelerates very quickly. And he goes flying off of the yes. car onto the pavement. That's what I was hoping. That's yes. the right move. When you're in a horror movie,
1: somebody's on the roof. Just stop the car. You have seatbelts on. They don't. They go flying every yeah, time. Yeah, he, he goes flying. And now he goes flying and then he
0: immediately, like, stands up. Now, I don't know how fast she was going. They were Did he down. land on his feet? No. He, he sort of tumbles. But then a he immediately tumble. stands up. Um, I mean, is that something where would your legs, like, immediately be broken? Or is that something where, like, if you're a tough guy, you can... <laughs> You if you
1: fall if you fall correctly and you kind of diffuse that force By, you know, some like acrobatic measures as you hit the ground, um, then, you know, totally possible that he got out of that without any serious fractures. Now, would he be hurting like hell? Yes. uh, Is he going to have, you know, diffuse contusions all over his body? Is he going to sprain multiple joints? Yes. Um, I'm sure he like gets up and he's not even limping at all, though, correct? No,
0: of course not. No, he he stands there and, and but she she does the right thing. And then she speeds up and she hits him again with the truck. Yes, go she girl. She hits him with the truck. He goes flying. I would say he flies about thirty feet back. He goes, he flies pretty far, um, <laughs> nice. and and smashes into like a fence and falls. Um, okay. Again,
1: I'm assuming not advisable. Not advisable. Something you want to avoid getting hit by cars in general, um, and something that actually you know could could uh, help him get through this without serious injuries is is the fence itself. If that fence is. Um, kind of, uh, what kind of fence is it? Is it a chain link fence? Is it's like it's a, a wooden, wooden fence? fence. Yeah, it's like a, it's yeah, like a wooden rickety fence, wooden, kind wooden kind fence. Kind of like, you know, breaking and, and taking some of that force away as opposed to him hitting like a hard brick wall or something like that will improve the chances of him getting out of this and, and being able to continue to attempt to murder people. <laughs> um. Yeah, well, Well. he, you know, he stands up. He, he clearly at this point too seems
0: like he's having some difficulties. Uh, you know, and he sort of stands up um, and he's met with a large group of people, prob- at least eight to 10 people, that are all armed with weapons of various kinds, and they all open fire on him. Oh, yeah. Um, now, we don't know how many of these actually hit him. Uh, we see him get hit by a couple of them.
1: It's just, it's literally like 10 dudes with shotguns, like
0: blam, 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 blam. Oh,
1: blam. shotguns, too. Shotguns are really nasty injuries because they're just the really. Um, it's not localized to one area, right? The, the chances that it's just going to rip through tissue and do serious injury uh, to different, you know, again arteries, veins, pop a lung, create that blood outside of the lung that compresses, injure the intestines is extremely high. So the survivability of this goes down significantly. Still,
0: still not, still not good. Now, now the the big finale of this movie um, is as he's getting shot, he's of course staggering back, and he's staggering back. Right. Um, and unfortunately, he staggers back right into an open mine shaft. Um, and he falls down. I mean, we don't really exactly see it. I'm going to assume at least like 20 feet or so uh, down into an open mine shaft, at which point they toss um, uh, some sort of explosive down there, which <laughs> which explodes. Um, of course. Now, J-Mac, we know that he survives this. Um, and I'll, I'm going to go on ahead and go into the next film because... Uh, it sort of explains a little bit that apparently he he misses the explosion. He lands at the bottom of the mine shaft and is able to crawl his way out very quickly
1: before the explosion happens. Did he land on one of those things, you know, where people, like, jump out of planes and jump off of buildings and there's, like, that huge, almost like blob at summer camp <laughs> thing? If he landed on the blob, you know, then, then yes, this is potentially survives. He lands on the blob and he doesn't get blown up. Then yes, totally. But I would feel bad for the other kid that's sitting on the blob as he they, falls down yes. the mine shaft. And <laughs> yeah, he's
0: going up way high, and he's also going into a very bad situation of a bunch of armed men firing indiscriminately. Right. Really bad. Uh, so so you're saying getting shot by a, a firing squad and then falling into an open mine shaft, not likelihood, not a good
1: likelihood of survival. For no, survival. no, no. This is uh, no. E- extremely, extremely low.
0: This <laughs> is so... So fortunately for him, uh, what happens is—and I've always loved this uh, about—Halloween 5 is not my favorite movie in the franchise, but I always have really appreciated this little detail. Um, He crawls out of the mineshaft before the explosion and goes right into a flooding river, and he just dumps himself into a river. It's crazy, uh, you know, current— and it washes him up into a shore where a hermit washes lives. all of
1: the bullets out of his wounds. Every, everything cleanses goes away. his
0: insides, and and he ends up washing up uh, at at the home of a hermit that lives out in the woods. Falls into a coma for a year, while this hermit patches him up. And okay. and and a year later, uh, the hermit you know has has helped him. A year later, he and who knows who this hermit is? Maybe the hermit used to be a doctor. We don't know. Um, And then he wakes up and, of course, immediately kills the hermit. Um, Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Poor guy. But, I mean, like, if there's somebody, let's just assume that this hermit maybe had vast medical knowledge. You know, let's assume maybe at some point the hermit was able to sneak into a hospital, grab some equipment. You know, he's in a coma for a year getting treated, not in a hospital, but clearly by somebody that knows what they're doing. I mean, can somebody be patched up that way?
1: No, I mean, if you're in a – the problem is here is that that when you're in a coma, um, this guy needs to be fed somehow. I mean, I guess if this guy puts a tube – was there a tube down his nose that was going into his stomach? Not that I saw. Yeah, so somehow this guy has to get nutrition, right? And like, you know, the the whole like – it's called parenteral nutrition. Everybody's like, oh, well, I can't eat very well. Just like put it all into my veins. That doesn't work very well at all because then your stomach and your intestines almost like – Um, forget how to do their job very well. So parenteral nutrition is a terrible, terrible way to get what you need. So if they didn't explain how this guy is getting fed throughout this entire experience and i'm assuming this guy didn't do surgery to put a peg tube in where there's a tube through his abdominal wall into his stomach where I mean, he's we don't feeding know. him <laughs> <laughs> yeah I mean, but yeah but, but Mac, what's the what's the nutritional value of the power of evil like could oh, that get you it through? is great it is it, it's extremely strong in fact it pulls at us all Throughout our lives, <laughs> do, do, to go it, to the dark side it, yeah. for the nutrition associated with evilness, <laughs> <laughs> with pure with pure evil, pure druid evil, as
0: we discover in part six. Yeah, um, super nutrients, in fact. Um, super nutrients. Now, now, so, so Michael he does survive. You know, he kills his his uh his his keeper there uh unfortunately that's like the biggest dick move of all the dick moves that michael has in this franchise <laughs> in my opinion like if you want to murder somebody and you're really going for it that's fine but don't kill the guy that was just keeping I, you alive you
1: think you'd you know? keep
0: him around it's obviously he's serving a purpose clearly clearly this is somebody you could go back to after this next movie where you're going to be you know just obliterated by many things um <laughs> now now i will say that uh he doesn't have that bad of a time in this movie he doesn't get crazy injured um he he does crash a car into a tree uh fairly hard and it causes the front of the car to explode um but it appears that he's wearing a seat belt when he's doing this um, responsible responsible you know? <laughs> decision michael <laughs> and and so he's just sort of sitting there and he's able to stand up he's not on fire or anything i mean i assume that would hurt and again not be advisable but but maybe not horrible
1: Eh, believable totally believable I mean as long as his neck didn't get too much of a whiplash injury you can get very serious cervical spine injuries um in you know kind of uh hitting uh something with that rapid deceleration injury pattern happening that could lead to um spinal cord compression and then paralysis for the rest of your life but other than that I'm not too worried about this accident I'm getting images
0: in my head of Michael like like suing his niece, Jamie Lloyd and sitting in court with one of those things around his neck saying he got yeah, the blast. Yeah. When he was those soft
1: collar, those soft yeah. collar ones, by the way, those do nothing. If it looks like soft and squishy, that's for the lawyers. That's, okay. that's only for the lawyers and for the jury that actually achieves nothing from a medical. And there's actually literature kind of questioning the utility of normal, rigid cervical collars as well. Let's not go into that here. Interesting. Um, Interesting. Okay. Well, well, um, so assuming he, he
0: loses his lawsuit, um, so the another thing that happens, and this is sort of interesting because I don't really have any kind of a metric to understand what this would feel like or do to somebody. Um at one point they set a booby trap and a, a huge weighted like chain net falls onto him. Like it's a it's a, a full net made completely of what appear to be very heavy, thick chains. Yeah. Um, I mean, that, I assume, is not very good, but he's able to, like, stand and he's kind of, like,
1: you know, up and moving his arms around. I right. mean, is that
0: something that you can do? It depends withstand? on
1: how high, how high do these chains get dropped from because the, you know, acceleration of gravity is, is increasing how, how, you know, forceful and how, and how fast these extremely heavy chains are hitting them. Yeah, I mean, it's, literally, it's just like up on the ceiling. So imagine
0: okay. you're like a six-foot guy and chains fall, you know, straight down. Yeah, that could, on
1: you do, yeah, that could do some serious damage. Not only, not only could it um, essentially hit your brain hard enough or hit your head hard enough to, to create an intracranial hemorrhage or bleeding in the brain, but also potentially you could have a spinal cord injury just by um, either flexion, extension uh, of your neck to, to a certain um, area, you know, break bones, et cetera. Okay. All right.
0: Well, it, it, clearly he's doing okay because he's still moving around. Um, and then he gets shot four times with tranquilizer darts.
1: Okay. All now,
0: right. now this, I know that's not a very
1: like physical injury, but like, what does a tranquilizer do to you? Well, it depends on how many evil supernutrients you have floating around in <laughs> right, your bloodstream. Right. <laughs> uh, but tranquilizer, tranquilizer darts are, are sedatives. They're, they're a lot of times the same medicines that we give to put people to sleep in a controlled fashion in, in the hospital. Um, things like benzodiazepines or Versed. But, but there are certain levels of uh, tolerance to these different um, tranquilizing medicines. So, uh, for instance... Um, if, if he was like a really heavy drinker, if he was hitting the bottle and going to the bars kind of every night, uh, for, for a long time, which I imagine he, he didn't do when he was in a coma, but maybe right after he got out of the coma, he was starting to hit the bars a lot. You would have a certain tolerance to certain types of sedatives um but again it all it all depends on the type of medicine that they're forcefully injecting into him and the amount of that medicine too if they were dosing that for like bunny rabbits and then they tried to shoot him four times with that bunny rabbit tranquilizer um a normal human being could potentially stay awake during that does does he stay awake or does he go down
0: well, he stays awake, um, but then he gets hit 16 times over the head with a two-by-four. Um, and that's what takes 16 him 16 times? How do you know 16 times when you're watching it? Did you just I count I counted them. Like,
1: One, <laughs> two, three, four. I counted them. Ah, I was like, how many going, times this go. dude?
0: Yeah. Now, granted, you know, Dr. Loomis, who's an older gentleman and not in the best physical condition, uh, is the guy whacking him over the head. But still, right. I mean, I,
1: it, you know, no matter who's hitting you over the head with a two-by-four, that's got to not feel very good. Right. Well, Dr. Loomis is doing it right. I mean, if you're going to... It, not that I'm trying to teach people how to murder other people, but if you have <laughs> if you have a blunt weapon and you're trying to kill somebody, the head is really the, the, the most effective place to, to, to do it. And maybe that combined
0: with a couple of tranquilizers is, you know, enough to finally <laughs> make Michael go go night night. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, he you know, again, he survives. They put him in jail. Um, he, he gets busted out of jail by a mysterious man in black. Um, and, and they bust him out. There's like an explosion when they bust him out of the jail cell, but I have to assume that somehow they, they controlled that explosion because, uh, they didn't want to hurt the person that they're trying to break out of jail. Um, but then, uh, we bust him out of jail. Why are people trying to bust Michael Myers out of jail? Well, Jay Mack, I'll tell you, it is the cult of Thorn. And the cult of Thorn is a druid cult, an evil cult, of course, and they are trying to. Uh, they believe that Michael is possessed with the the spirit of Thorn. I don't know the exact nomenclature, but basically, uh, he's he's uh, this this druid spirit that is supposed to every Halloween uh, murder his next of kin, okay. and so and so they really love they Michael just, Myers, and they just really want those next of kin eradicated. It's something they worship this. They, they worship this deity that is wanting this to happen. And so they okay. want to keep that deity happy. I don't know. Um, but <laughs> they... Uh, so <laughs> basically, Michael Myers then spends six years um,
1: boning his niece in oh! this weird compound.
0: What? Yeah. They, he he ends up... I'm they're, so they're,
1: glad I haven't seen this movie. They're... I mean, I'm thoroughly <laughs> offended incest try- come on guys. yeah they're
0: trying they're trying to get him to pedophilia
1: okay it's- incest crossed uh-uh.
0: uh-uh. the line with me a bridge too far <laughs> Yeah, he um they they uh are trying to get him to to somehow have offspring and then have the offspring oh, murder that they,
1: you know they're trying to continue the whole thing um do they and- want the offspring to be like cognitively impaired are they are they, they trying to They they uh <laughs> I, I. I don't know that they've thought that far. Um, yeah. <laughs> but but they're but yeah, they basically
0: he's in this like weird compound. Keep um, the bloodlines beer. But his niece uh breaks out with the baby. She's able to escape six years later, um, and she runs away. Uh now now for the halloween nerds out there like me uh we are talking about the theatrical version of the movie right now there is of course the famous producer's cut which is pretty vastly different um this there's like 45 minutes of different footage it's the the storyline is different uh but not a lot happens to him in in the producer's
1: cut uh so we're sticking with the theatrical version for that so first when you said this by the way i was thinking of this like actually in a theater i was like how are they going to show him boning his knees for six years like live (laughs) in a theater They, (laughs) they they sort of they do. They do. Like it's not a mon
0: They don't actually show the sex happen, but they have like um, a montage of a very upset niece and nice. and uh, and then just like oh, and you're pregnant. Oh, and you have a baby.
1: Well, um, I was actually thinking of like in in a live theater, like like Broadway or something. Oh, like Broadway, <laughs> yeah. Halloween Six, the Broadway. Uh, yeah. That's that's really funny. Actually, I love that. Um,
0: so so in this one again, he's at first it's not too bad. He gets hit in the back with a fireplace poker and falls down a flight of stairs. Um, right. you know, which seems like he's, I mean, he's, it's yeah, he's fine. Um, but then unfortunately he gets shot point blank in the chest with what appears to be a little one-handed shotgun.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah.
0: Like, like a little, yeah. Um, and, and, and of course he staggers back. Um, again, I'm assuming that's really bad, especially cause it's a shotgun.
1: Yeah. It's really bad. It also kind of depends on what kind of ammo you have because you have like buckshot, um, and you have birdshot. And, uh, and, you know, when you have kind of the smaller pellets, um, they're going to do a little less damage. So it, it is more survivable depending on the type of ammunition that, that is being used here. And if, but if it's buckshot, blank to the chest, even if it's birdshot, um, he's, he's not going to do too great to it's, it's be It's, it's still going to be rough. Um,
0: <laughs> and then my favorite uh, sort of injury that he has in this whole franchise, um, he gets injected with five full syringes. Of something that they only call corrosive. Corrosive. Yes. Paul Rudd, in his first film appearance, by the way. Oh, uh, no way. Paul Rudd uh, has wrapped uh, four syringes together, stabs them all into him. He still doesn't go down, so he stabs one more into him. Um, they call it corrosive. It's a green liquid. I tried to look it up and it said a corrosive could be anything that's
1: an acid or a base. Could or... be absolutely anything. Absolutely anything. And it also depends on where you stab it to. Is are you stabbing neck? it into like, uh, the muscular up in the layer? Kind of sh- up in kind of the shoulder, shoulder, the neck shoulder area. shoulder area. I mean, uh, yeah, it really all depends on what the substance is because there are certain substances that you know could kill you within seconds to minutes. And then other ones, I mean, if it was just like full of what we call like normal saline, which is just like salt water that it's like colored green you know with food coloring then that's going to do nothing to you besides the damage of the actual needles themselves so it really all depends on what is in this corrosive substance
0: i'm gonna guess it in an evil druid medical lab so i have to assume that it's not anything good uh what, whatever it is that they found in there um and now it does do something to him because now he's pretty he's clearly pretty beaten up and then they
1: beat him repeatedly over the head with a lead pipe Oh, my gosh. How many close-hands? So, let's bring up something here. In football, chronic traumatic encephalopathy is this big thing that we're learning about, and repetitive... Um, you know shots to the head will change your behavior over time can make you a lot more aggressive can make you a lot more impulsive so besides this whole like you know being inhabited by a druid druid spirit thing maybe this guy just has chronic traumatic encephalopathy maybe we've solved the riddle of michael myers and why he does what he does that's that's all
0: it takes like that's we just need to (laughs) medically treat this guy Listen to his problems. He probably, he clearly needs some therapy. Well, although he was in therapy for a long time with Dr. Loomis and that led nowhere. Yeah, Um, clearly. (laughs) Dr. Loomis's only uh, sort of response when asked, you know, well, what's wrong with him is say he's pure evil. Uh, So, (laughs) so, you know. I concur. So therapy didn't go very well. Um, Now, fortunately, when he's hit with the lead pipe repeatedly, and I couldn't even count those, it was way too many times, um, he does go down finally. And okay. if it's... Uh, if you're watching the theatrical version, um, he is... He's he's down for the count, and we don't see him get back up. If you're watching the producer's cut, uh, he does get back up, and he escapes wearing an all-black druid cloak, and he disappears off into the night. Well, um, because the producers want to make more money on the next film. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But, um, yeah, I mean, over the course of, I guess this would be 17 years, um, this cumulative effect of of these injuries that michael myers has sustained uh
1: is this someone that can go on and kill again dr slaughter this guy this guy is blind this guy can't walk due to his serious spinal cord injuries that he's accumulated over the years he's had repetitive head blows to the head so you know if if he didn't obviously he didn't at one point have a bad enough head injury to where he had bleeding on the inside of his skull herniating his brain and giving him like the long night night then this guy is just dealing with significant issues thinking straight um and and being a nice guy overall so michael i mean you're done bro it's time to hang up your mask Go to retirement facility. <laughs> listen to some smooth jazz. I don't know. <laughs> Go
0: relax. Just oh, Michael. Well, well, that, there you have it, folks. The uh, the the definitive answer here. Uh, Michael Myers not surviving this franchise. At least not the <laughs> original. Uh, the original one. We can get into the the various other chronologies at some other time. Uh, but thank you. I mean, that all was was fascinating. Uh, especially you know learning that the nutritional power of pure evil uh, is. Uh, <laughs> Is,
1: is definitely something you should put in your smoothie every morning. Use code DRMAC10BELOW for 10% <laughs> off of your first super nutrient evil druid formulation.
0: There you go, see? Um, so, J-Mac, thank you so much for coming on. This is a blast talking to you about this. Yeah, this was fun, man. Let's do it again sometime. I, w- I would love that, and I want people to be able to follow you. Uh, you have one of my favorite TikToks, uh, and Thanks, so I man. want people to follow you. Um, uh, why
1: don't you tell people where they can find you on the interwebs? Just search Dr. J. Max Slaughter. Most of my handles are just at Dr. J. Max Slaughter on TikTok. It's at Dr. J. Max Slaughter underscore MD. Search me on YouTube, J. Max Slaughter. I've been kind of, you know, just subtly and slowly growing a a, a YouTube, um, you know, following as well. But I'm just having a blast making these videos. I try, you know, to always have a component of education. But within each video, you're going to get some entertainment out of it. So check it out. Um
0: yeah it's fantastic please follow him and just so that you know because i'm sure people will be asking yes slaughter is really his last name i uh, am truly dr slaughter <laughs> Well, Dr. Slaughter, thank you for coming on today. And uh, yeah, everybody, please like and follow and subscribe and all of that good stuff. You can find me on Twitter at Graham Skipper. And we will be back with more Night School uh, for you all with other amazing guests. And uh, once again, J-Mac, thank you so much for coming on. And everybody, uh, have a fantastic and spooky week. Take care. And thank you, as always, to Michael teoli for our theme music. You can find him at michaeltioli.com.